we're live thanks a while for uh, the delay to come through but welcome again to just another another special episode of the stand up sits down podcast so tonight we're actually sitting down with karen fox i uh, got that right didn't i karen fox yeah it's yes. a simple one really <laughs> um so yeah we are here tonight to discuss australia exits the who now um as you know, we are doing our government overreach month. Um, this next week on the 19th, we have a, um, a round table with yourself, um, James Raguski, Jared Rennick and others. And before that, I thought it'd be really interesting and I think quite of essential viewing for anybody who's gonna to come to that to, to really just learn about Australia Access to Who and also learn about what is happening. So I do have a few questions um, for you, which I'll get to, but I just wanna, get a uh, introduction from you first about yourself and then what exactly is Australia X the Who? Okay, so I'm a mother of three teenagers. I live in Tamworth, New South Wales. Um, I have supported um, Reignite Democracy and um, several other freedom groups, um, starting with Stand in the Park here in Tamworth. I simply went to the TGA looking for facts behind safe and effective to work out that it was an advertising slogan with two lies. And I'm the leader of a vaccine-free family of five, um, which has come at a cost as it has for most people. Yes. Uh, with Australia Exits the Who, um, I volunteered, I answered a Facebook post, volunteered, and I've, I am one of eight basic volunteers that are trying to take on the globalists around our day jobs, I suppose is a fairly good description. Um, we really believe that the amendments to the IHR, which is the International Health Rules and the Pandemic Treaty, are the back door for one world government. And that's why we're working to try and make sure that they're not a reality in Australia if we possibly can. And it seems overwhelming, but basically, as our name suggests, exiting the WHO isn't impossible. No, it's not impossible, but I'd like... Um... I don't think a lot of people know how we're going to do it. So, yeah, this is um, the point of the conversation tonight. Unfortunately, for the first five amendments that we were told they would be looking at, um, they hadn't looked at them in 14 months of an 18-month period of time. And until we believe we made a concerted campaign to get them to look at those first five amendments, they were basically buried and, and their secretariat said that they hadn't been presented to Jay Scott, so it's nothing to do with us. While we had um, everyone from Penny Wong and Tanya Plebisek down telling us that Jay Scott was looking into them. So we had um, a bit of a miscommunication, we might say, but um, we did get Jay Scott to put them on their agenda and they rubber stamped them within a, a week to 10 days and put them through. We are still fighting that at the moment because we believe they haven't looked at what that means. They've looked at them in a silo. They haven't looked at them in relation to the 307 amendments that are coming. Okay. So do you think this is a, like, how would I say, is this incompetence by government or is this, um, is this just them sort of going along with, with the general consensus? It's really impossible to say. Um, 
they use all of their usual lines. We're working within our guidelines and within our charter. But I, my personal opinion is that without our campaign, this would never have gone to J. Scott because the government doesn't want to risk anyone getting in the way of these changes. Um, whether uh, the other big issue is not with our elected representatives, it's often with the bureaucrats underneath them and the information that's being filtered to the top. So a lot of the time I think that um, while we would like to blame our politicians, sometimes they're not getting the correct information from um, the mandarins underneath them. Yeah, perfect example was the last three years, I guess, isn't it, with the every um, health officer in every state and every country saying the same thing that ultimately came from the who and pharmaceutical companies, which um, generally are the ones that are funding this whole thing. So on, on that, um, who actually funds the who? Um, very interesting question. So obviously most people and the, the phrase that the politicians like to use for us is they're a member led organisation. Well, unfortunately, 84% of their current funding comes from non member donations. These donors are allowed to spend that funding on whatever causes or in whatever areas they wish to spend it. And the second largest, the largest non-country donor and the second largest donor is the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. And that's closely followed by the Gates organization, Garvey. Are, so are companies people, allowed to, to fund the WHO as well, or is it only non-government yes, organizations? Yes, multiple other companies and large corporations like the Rockefellers um, also have a stake in the WHO. Okay, so it's we can clearly see that there's some corporate interests involved in this. Well, there's a clear conflict of interest, um, and if what have what is put down in the IHR amendments is that the WHO Director General solely can declare declare a pandemic or a perceived pandemic. And again, in these regulations, they then have the right to declare what um, treatments will be given for such a pandemic um, and exactly what money will be spent on those treatments. And when that is obviously um, directed at some of your biggest donors, it's very hard to say that there's not a conflict of interest there. Yes, yes, definitely. I think we can clearly say that. Um, okay, so... Given that, you know, obviously we don't want this to pass, but I just want to know what will happen to a country um, that doesn't go along with any of these amendments. Um, say there's a new pandemic or a perceived pandemic. What will happen if the country doesn't go along with it, assuming these things pass? What will happen to them legally? Um. It's a good question because it's not obviously explicitly written down, but anything from sanctions to um, fines are possible with the way that this treaty is written. Um, even the idea that some of the IHR amendments might need changes to our legislation, even our constitution. We have signed up to say that we will, there's a time frame of 12 months to organise that within the country. And this again is something the politicians are not seeming to understand that any vote in parliament will be a fait over to be part of this internationally. We're already bound by international law. 
And the clauses within those IHO amendments actually state that you will be bound to change your laws and to make any any um, legal requirements that are that are needed within your country. Um, so there, it, there's not a free vote of we'll be in it or we won't. And another thing that some of the politicians have said is that oh we, we'll decide which parts apply to us. You can't decide which parts apply. You're either a part of this legally binding contract as a member nation or you're not. You can't pick and choose which parts of it um, you would deem to be applicable to your country. Okay, so would there? So we're we talking just fines though, or is it? Does it go more than that? Well, it would go sanctions possibly as well. Okay. Um, and obviously when the biggest corporations in the world are the ones that are behind this, um, exactly where they could take it is is another thing altogether. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's got the backing of the UN too. So, I mean, we, are we just speculation here, but yeah. we're talking. The, who the, is the UN agency? Definitely. I mean, the UN's closely tied with NATO as well and could you see any sort of um, action regarding NATO or um, or am I sort oh, of just being a little bit too Speculation at this here? stage, yeah. speculation. But along those lines, so the, the PPP manifesto, the one that's demanding $30 million a year, um, there was on the 20th of September, there was a meeting in the USA of the UN and the bells and whistles were all about them passing um, this PPP manifesto. Unfortunately, 11 nations wrote to the UN and said, no, we do not support this manifesto. Um, they include Russia and Korea. However, the UN went ahead and in a probably a face-saving move than, rather than anything else, went ahead and said that, yes, they had adopted this manifesto. To me, that's destabilising um, if, if, it, if it needs any more destabilising world politics because they've ha blindly gone along and adopted this manifesto even though 11 nations have said, no, we do not agree, we do not agree with the way you've gone about this, we believe you've broken UN rules. Um, there was four major points that these nations picked out and yet the UN has blindly gone on and said we're adopting it anyway um, without having taken a vote. Okay, and why were they allowed to do that? Well, why are they allowed to do anything that they've been up to? Um, they're their own they're their own rulers at the moment, I believe. Yeah, what's to stop them from just saying that if they get kicked back um, further down the track with this stuff? Like, if let's say our leader and uh, yeah, God forbid the USA would do it as well. If they just said, "Oh no, we don't don't agree with it," they just go ahead and do it anyway. Yeah, well, the the USA was out. Trump took the USA out of the WHO, um, and and basically took their funding away. So, um, if enough nations band together, obviously they will lose um, a percentage of their funding. Um, they're like many other bloated bureaucracies. Um, their most recent budget, you would think that frontline healthcare and providing of um, vaccines and medicines would be their core industry or their core business. Um, their most recent budget, they spent 13% of their funds on that, um, over 35% on wages and 30% on um, a heading that someone else has described as bribes. <laughs> I can't, I can't correlate that, but um, cor uh, corporate, um, 
relations, I think, is where it went. Corporate relations, yes. I see, mm. like, golf and, and hotels and champagne, I'm guessing. <laughs> well, it wasn't healthcare anyway. <laughs> now, can you tell me, um, can you explain, I've heard a lot about this term, One Health. What does this mean in the context of the IHO and the treaty? Well, uh, Tess Laurie's wonderful organisation, the World Council for Health, um, believes that once you couple the term One Health, which means the entire biosphere, it includes animals, people, the environment, once you couple One Health with another term they have of all of society, there's basically no limits on what the who is responsible for. Um, to me, that's the most terrifying part of all of this, that once you include One Health, there's nothing within society. And that includes everything that they put underneath the climate change banner from transport to food supplies can be controlled by the WHO. Okay. So it's, this is what you talk about when you're saying One World Government? Yes. Okay. To keep us safe, of course. Of course, of course. You know, we really need it after all the... I was just I was just looking the other day um, at an ex who member who was talking about the deaths that have come from the first lockdowns, and this is after nine months of the pandemic, and this is in of this is only children in Southeast Asia, and it was totaling two hundred fifty thousand men. You know I can't Good imagine that I can't imagine the toll that it was by the end of well, the end of the pandemic, if you can call it that. The, these are the type of people who we have in charge of running our health in the world who want to be in charge anyway, legally. I, I just, for me, it's just a dystopian nightmare if this thing gets in. I'm, I'm sure everyone- Well, one of the, the worst aspects of this is that it's a tripling or quadrupling down on everything that was wrong with their response to the COVID-19 pandemic. There is no looking at what may have gone wrong or why it went wrong. There is actually encouragement of the style of gain of function research that caused this to happen. And there is no analysis of the responses that we now know never worked and probably never could work. They had a perfectly good pandemic plan. Australia had a perfectly good pandemic plan and they were thrown out the window and there's no explanation whatsoever from the WHO or let alone our own authorities on why the pandemic plan that was in place that was well researched was thrown out. And a lot of these measures that were already proven to not be likely to work, including the masks and the lockdowns, were implemented instead. So there's, there is no recognition of the damage done by the COVID-19 response and there is no acknowledgement of that in what they're trying to do. They're basically saying that we needed to do more of the same, just quicker and har more harsh, which I think most people would, would think is um, not a reasonable stance and not a scientific stance. Yeah, I, I mean, I bet right now if you put this to a referendum to... Australians and, and told them everything you've told us tonight, I, I would bet that this would not pass. We would hope not. <laughs> um, I think the, the pretty simple thing is, I mean, if you want Tedros as your doctor, um, he's an Ethiopian that was not supported by Ethiopia to be the leader of the WHO. 
um, why any Australian would be ceding any of our power to someone with his international reputation um, is basically beyond me. Um, why you would have someone who's been accused of genocide in charge of an organisation that's supposed to be looking after health is an anomaly at best. Yes, yes. We know they like to put criminals in every every leadership role and every part of the um, the corporate and political structure, don't we? So it's not really a surprise that this guy's in charge. Um, no, not not in the light of the last three years, especially. Now I want to get some solutions now. So Australia exits the who? So what can we do to? to make sure this doesn't go through? What power do we have as people? The power we have is accountability, accountability of the people that um, we have elected. So it's a matter of letting your MPs know that, that they should be across this, that you know about this. We have had multiple letter writing campaigns. The latest is to bring to the attention of MPs the 11 dissenters from the PPP manifesto that has been just brushed over. We have basically two questions within a letter that will go up on our website um, in the next few days, which is, are they aware that 11 countries have said no to this stage of the negotiations? And are they aware that these negotiations remove fundamental freedom, rights and human dignity from the IHR regulations and they make the proclamations of the WHO binding on Australia? So that, that's one letter. The other campaign that we have and will be coming up later in October that we would love everyone to get behind is basically making J. Scott accountable for their actions and we want them to know that we're watching them. We don't want a rubber stamp for the next round of amendments and most people would not be aware of who these 16 MPs are, but we will be, wake, we will be making sure that everyone has a much better idea who they are and what they may be responsible for if they pass these amendments. Okay, so getting to these 16 MPs, would you say that's probably the most important thing we could do right now? Yes, I think so. Um, they are listed on our website. So um, our website okay. is... Oh. Ah, Jay Scott, there we go. So go to Take Action instead if you've got that website there. Okay, well, I think I might be having a bit of trouble with the sound if we when we switch to that next... That next okay. Um, Audio there. So on our website for people, if they go to the top banner and go to take action, there is then J Scott underneath that. Yeah. And they can scroll down and see who those members of J Scott are. I'll make sure that's all got, in the show notes anywhere. But yeah, I'm not yeah, sure. We've got sure all their contacts the and their Facebook addresses, but we will be doing a bigger campaign with some targeted letter writing to them. Um, we're hoping we will reach a very large audience. We're working with a number of freedom groups on this at the moment. Um, and we would really like Australia to know who these people are and we would like them to know that we want them to be accountable for this. Yes, definitely, definitely. So I'll, I'll make sure that's all in the show notes for this. But Excellent. yeah, look, I think the time to of typing on our keyboards on Facebook, Twitter, <laughs> anywhere, Telegram is over and we need to start typing in these letters and sending them to our representatives, especially the ones at J. Scott. Um, 
because ultimately, am I right to say the decision comes down to the the prime minister? And he's the one that will be. Um, this is this is what um, James Roguski was telling me anyway. Um, he's the one that will be making the final decision. He's the one that actually has to tell the who that we don't want to want to be in. I believe that he is the one that would need to have us exit the who. So he will not have any input as far as I'm aware on whether or not we accept these uh, regulations, but he could, of course, negate it by taking us out of the who. And yes, I believe he's the person that would need to write that letter. Okay. All right. Um, we have had a very uh, a targeted campaign at both um, Albanese and Dutton as well, where we've sold over 26,000 postcards that we've put through the postal system with various messages about why they shouldn't approve um, these changes by the WHO. Um, so we're thinking about 13,000 postcards um, with his face on them were sent to Albanese on this topic. So um, they can't claim that they've never heard of it, put it that way. Yeah, I think he's a bit he's a bit sort of preoccupied with another thing going on at the moment. So let's hope uh, that, that that campaign's been going on for that that started around six months ago. So that's been happening for a little while. But we are still selling those postcards from our website. But if people would like more information, the way to go there is to go to our website and join up for our newsletter. So we do approximately fortnightly newsletters. We don't spam you every day. We only send one one to two newsletters every three weeks. Um, but we give updates, we give courses of action. So there's obviously government consultations on various things that come up with that the government never tells anyone exist. So um, there was a government consultation on the IHRs recently, um, a short survey, and we alert a lot of people to that. Um, actually got the survey extended through some contacts in Canberra. So um, there are a lot of things you can do. Um, never feel like you can't do anything. Just talking to people about all of this, um, even though we can't change the world quite on Facebook and social media, still sharing the posts and getting the information out there is important. Um, we have a very active Telegram page as well as Facebook, Twitter and um, Instagram. So um, all of that information is available. There's a lot of information on our page. We probably haven't touched on some of the other areas, but um, we have um, a video called Crossroads, which is about the child sexual indoctrination and um, the, um, the CSE or the child sex education, which I've unfortunately done quite a bit of research on myself. I'm a mother of three that um, I'm glad they're out of primary school, put it that way. Um, mm. There's a lot of other topics that we have videos on all based around um, all of the things that we believe are under threat at the moment in Australia. So there's there's a lot of information that we've managed to put together and we're more than happy for people to tag and share all of those videos. Fantastic. So yeah, join, join up. Um, I'm sure a lot of people who are watching this are on Telegram. So jump in there. And if you could just send me the, the links after this, I'll chuck them in the show notes as well so people can join. Yep, will do. Yep. Um, and there too, you've got a, a mailing list as well. Is that right? So, Yeah. So if you join up for the newsletter, that will uh, will put you straight onto our mailing list. Oh, awesome. Great. All right. Well, thank you very much. Um, and I apologize in advance if any of this has been um, on mute because I've had a bit of a problem with my computer this week and it looks <laughs> like it might have done the same thing at certain points of time in this, but I'm pretty sure we got the gist of most of the conversation. Uh, is there any is there any last things you want to sort of um, say before 
we finish up? Oh, I'm just having a flick to see if there's anything really important. Um, I think that's the major points. Um, and I think just trying to um, get across to your local representatives how important this is and that it's you're not to be brushed off and that, that's the most frustrating part we've found. Um, there's actually errors about the facts of this on the Parliamentary Library and on the Department of Health website and so your MPs tend to quote those things and it just sort of leads to a lot more confusion. Um, I won't speculate on why all of this has been so confusing or why the mistakes in various areas have not been corrected but our MPs need to be across the detail and they need to understand these implications um, and just saying, oh, I didn't quite get it um, is not going to cut it down the line. Yes. Yep. Yeah. I think they're going to learn some pretty harsh, we're all going to learn some pretty harsh lessons if they don't listen and this goes through. So let's hope that's not the case. Yeah. We'll be working hard to try and stop it. And um, yeah, there's just the support of anyone and um, talking to, to friends, family and anyone who else that will listen that this is a big deal is really important. Yep. Yeah, it certainly is. So yeah, spread this far and wide and um, yeah, please join us next week where you'll get to see Karen again, as well as other guests who are very well versed on this topic. Uh, and that is a free event as well. So just go to our website, standupnowaustralia.com.au and click on events and just register interest and you'll get the link. Thanks, Karen. All right. No worries at all. I'll send those links through. Lovely. Cheers. Good night. Good night.